Welcome and great to have you join us as we go off script with Sam Monk, Senior Leader of Equippers Church. Enjoy today's podcast. Hey and welcome to Off Script with Sam Monk. Uh, great to be with you again. We're going to look at what's worked, what hasn't worked and leadership lessons. And so Sam, great to be with you again. Oh, well, I hope these are helping people out. <laughs> I hope they are. If not, we're having a great time chatting to each other. Hey, what I want to talk about today in the podcast is team. So team is a word that you use a lot. Uh, I think you said even in the first podcast around how has this whole thing happened around the world with the context of equippers and you say, well, it's always been about team. Uh, talk about team. What is it about team? Do you just simply make people do a whole bunch of stuff? <laughs> <laughs> if only. No, it doesn't work like that. In fact, uh, team is critical to leadership and we're only as good as our team. And uh, I thank God for the team that are the people God surrounded me with and the amazing people, uh, incredible people who are gifted, graced, and God's using them in powerful ways. But we all know what it is to be part of a stink team, uh, to support a stink team. Like, no, nah, Liverpool's <laughs> actually got the act together over recent years. But, uh, 30 years we waited, but yeah, uh, we're here. a lot of heartache, a lot of pain. <laughs> and so there's a lot of heartache and pain around teams that are not functioning well. Uh, but when a team is working right, there's nothing like it. And uh, I think the community that God calls us into can be described as a team. We're not just enjoying one another's company for the sake of, you know, oh, I like you, you like me. We've got a mission and purpose to fulfill and team brings that all together. So a team is distinct to a club. Yeah. Like what? Like team, arguably you could say, well, I'm part of a great team at my football club. I'm part of a great team at my library or whatever it is. What's the distinction between the teams that we talk about and, and just any other kind of organizational Group of people, I guess. Well, I think the thing that um, distinguishes the team is the mission and the vision they've got. Right. And uh, is that carried by everybody in the team or is that carried by just a few in top management or the owners of the club or uh, that? Whereas in the kingdom of God is we're all part of this. We all have a role, a significant role to play. I think that's really important because a lot of people, even in church today, they see, well, the pastor's got an important role. Those on stage got an important role. But what's my role? And they don't really see themselves as part of the team. In fact, our name Equippers is is really comes from the New Testament mandate to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. Um, my belief is that ministry doesn't take place on a platform. And ministry happens every day in the marketplace. And it's like John Wimber said, uh, the meeting place is simply the training place for the marketplace. And if the church fully understood that, um, I believe we'd be further on in accomplishing the mission God's given us. And wow. so how do we build a church? How do we build a community where people understand, yeah, relationships are important, but also we've got an assignment to fulfill. And that's to share the love of Jesus to the people around us. And I think it was, is it, I think all but four of Jesus' parables were all done outside of the church, outside of the synagogue. It was all done in the marketplace. And so Jesus was a very public ministry where people worked and played and uh, and outworked uh, worked his call as well. So so what about then, so if it's not about making people do stuff. I never stuff, knew that. That was interesting. Yeah, yeah thank yeah. you very much. Well, we mm. learn something every day, people. Uh, but what, um, to where the context of team then, so you've said you don't make people do anything. What is it that makes a team function well? I know, I know you've got a whole message on high-functioning teams and why people want to be a part of them, but what is it about the connection between team and vision 
Like what makes people get up in the morning and want to be a part of a high-functioning team? What have they got to think about? Yeah, I think just as you said, clarity of vision. Uh, and we all know Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, which says, without vision, people cast off restraints. Well, the opposite of that is when you have vision, you build restraints around your life. And I think the challenge is helping people see uh, the same thing. <laughs> uh, you've got to use different lenses for people to see the same things. It's like my prescription, I don't wear glasses, but if I had a prescription, my prescription would be unique to your prescription. Uh, and different prescriptions um, help us see the same thing. The problem is in a lot of places we're using the same pres- prescription right. <laughs> to try and get everybody to see the same thing. And uh, I just think there's power in united vision, having a united vision. And that is a work of the Spirit. Um, that's a work of God. And when we understand vision is not just something written on a piece of paper, it's a Spirit that we carry. Um, I believe that unites people and brings people together uh, in a way that, um, in a way where they are, are productive. So, to achieve, you know, anything significant. So again, we talked, I think, in the previous podcast about we maybe the one before we said a big God. He's got a big vision. So there's big things that God uh, wants us to do, and we serve a big God, and that usually carries a cost to it, doesn't it? Yeah. To, to outwork something significant. There's going to be some sort of a cost. So uh, there's no shortcut to that? No. Uh, When it comes to vision, I think one of the roles of a leader is, okay, unpacking what's in your heart and just going, if you want to achieve that, uh, what's the cost of that? I think Jesus did that really well in Luke chapter 14, where he says, um, if you want to be my disciple, (laughs) you know, you've got to hate or love less your mother, father, brother, sisters, and and follow me. He says, you cannot be my disciple. It's not like, well, I can. No, you cannot, unless you count the cost. And then he talks about building a building. (laughs) He says, hey, don't start the building if you haven't counted the cost of what it is to finish it. Uh, Then he talks about going to war. And again, he's not saying don't go to war, but he's saying count the cost beforehand. And I think there's a cost to a vision. A lot of people have pretty pictures, but they're not prepared to wear the restraints that are necessary to see that vision fulfilled. It's like a lot of people pray, man, we want to see revival in our city, but they can't even turn up to church on time on a Sunday. It's like, it's like we're not going to change the world right. if you turn up every other week. You know, It's one thing to carry the vision. It's another thing to actually wear the restraints. And I think you know, articulating what are the restraints of the vision or the cost of the vision is so important. So it's not, I remember one pastor once said, a lot of people want what I have, but they're not prepared to do the things that I do. Yeah. And that's like that, isn't it? We, we sort of want that we see that stuff and go, wow, that would be so cool. But actually it requires a lot of stuff that's, as you said, is off stage. Yeah. It's the private battles that we all have to continue to commit to, those internal restraints that we choose to put on. So it's almost this... You don't have to do anything, no. right? But if you, if you, you know, so it's a want to, isn't it? Because yep. of this vision thing. So connect yep. those two dots together. And, and that, at Equipage Church, well, right around, we say, if you don't want to do it, don't do it. In life, you don't have to do anything. You're not forced to do anything. In fact, uh, if it's done out of obligation and duty, it's never going to reproduce the fruit of the Spirit. Um, it, it's got to come from a willingness on, on the inside of us. And unless it comes from that place, um, it's just going to crush people. Uh, The Pharisees, they led by putting weights on top of people, heavy weights, burdens that people couldn't carry. 
And the danger in leadership today is that we put weights on people and we're gonna understand the difference between weights and restraints. Restraints come as a result of conviction. They come as a, as a result of, of vision. Uh, weights come as a result of obligation uh, and religion. And I, I think it's so important that we, uh, we lead from a place where we're putting restraints. We're, we're giving people, these are the restraints of the vision. And as you said, it's got to come from uh, a place inside of, of a person. Uh, internal restraint is the spirit. Um, external pressure is the law. Right. The law was all about external pressure. And the last thing you want in a team is um, just a whole lot of external pressure coming on people. In fact, I challenge to say, uh, to really help somebody live in their call and destiny, you gotta take weights off people before you put restraints on them. Because people normally are coming into an environment with weights on them, the weight of sin, um, the weight of expectation. In fact, a lot of people are, are hard on themselves. So talk about the weight of sin. Just unpack that a little bit more because that's an interesting thought. Well, the weight of sin is guilt, shame, condemnation, never good enough. You know, that weight is on, on people. So it's the weights of the things that we can't really change about ourselves. There's weights of maybe our history, our past, stuff that's already been done. Yep. And the, and the devil would try and... Well, there's a difference between um, conviction and condemnation. Right. So condemnation is is um, over what you can't change, over what has already happened. You feel bad about that. Conviction comes from what you can change, what you can do today. And a lot of people don't discern the difference between condemnation and conviction. Is, is yeah, sometimes people say, oh, you're condemning me. No, it's actually conviction. It can feel the same, uh, but one, you can't do anything about the other. You can actually make some decisions about. So when we say, uh, I, I hear you say this a lot, that you talk about taking the pressure off people. Yeah. And it's, and it's incredibly freeing leading out of that place, isn't it? Where, hey, no one has to do anything here. But also I love what you say around, and I hear you say this a lot, you're not God. Yeah. Like I'm not Jesus. Yeah. So, so I think the phrase sometimes we can use is don't put you know, God type pressure on human relationships. Like we're not God. And that's quite a freeing way to live, isn't it? Yeah, well, as a leader, uh, a lot of people sometimes can look to you as uh, as the source, and I I'm, solve the problem. Answer I'm, this. I'm very clear. I'm not the source. Yeah, I'm not the source. Our role as a leader is to point people to Jesus, to get them in touch with the source, and unless we're doing that, you know, we're going to be crushed by the weight of expectation from other people. I can't, I can't, I can't live under that. Um, and our role is is really just to connect people to that source so they're living from a place of conviction and the danger is when god is in a person's source what they do is they try to use other relationships to feed the lack in their own life and that's where um, you know they put god type pressure on human relationships and i i think in a lot of places um we live in a performance world performance culture and that can come into the church is uh, and and when there's you know pressure, performance pressure is like uh, a putt in golf. A, a one foot putt in golf can become as easy when there's nothing on it. Well, you play golf with me; it's not easy for me. You've seen me <laughs> yeah. a lot of ways, but but, yeah. but you put pressure right. on that putt. What's easy, what you can do normally, suddenly becomes really difficult. And if we're to extract 
um, and help people live at their best, I think we've got to take pressure off people because uh, when you you live without um, that undue pressure on you, you actually uh, do things a lot better. <laughs> you actually uh, excel at a at it even more if that makes sense yeah yeah it is it does it does indeed and so so talk about pressure because again if we're going to achieve something significant for god we see a big god with a big vision it's going to take you've talked about strain but talk about pressure because pressure is something that sometimes is painful and we want to tend, we tend to want to avoid pain, don't we? In life, we kind of, kind of I don't know about you, but I want to live an easy life in my yeah. own. But yeah. I, but I think if I do that, if I live my life on the couch, I'm not going to achieve anything significant. And so, it's actually putting yourself in a place where there's the pressure is actually healthy for you, isn't it? Yeah, and I, it's not I, a bad thing all the time, is it? Well, there's healthy pressure and unhealthy okay. pressure, and unhealthy pressure comes from religion. It comes from sin. It comes from which brings guilt, shame. Healthy pressure is as a result of, of vision. You know, we've got a big vision that brings some pressure with it, but that comes. There are restraints that I choose. I choose to live under that. It's like I choose to fill my car tires to a certain pressure. If they're not at a certain pressure, um, I'm going to expend more gas. Uh, it's going to damage the car. It's going to do a whole lot. And so pressure is healthy to get forward movement. You actually need pressure in your life. And so just being able to tell yourself, which I often do, is, uh, hey, this pressure is good for me. <laughs> you know, and whatever pressure I'm facing at any time, I, I you know, something I preach to myself uh, is, is I can handle this. Um, the fact of the matter is um, God will never allow us to be pushed past our limits. I like how it talks in Corinthians in the message. It says God will never allow you to be pushed past your limits. He will always provide a way of escape. And so if you're in a place where you're going, oh, this is too much, I can't handle this, you need to tell yourself, I can. And sometimes God allows pressure in your life to extract what's in you. And at times where I thought I couldn't handle it, I found God reminding me, hey, I see more in you than you see in yourself. And I think we beat ourselves up a lot. And, you know, in leadership, uh, I think one of the keys is actually taking the pressure off ourselves. If we can take the pressure off ourselves and put a demand on God, I, re- I remind God, this is your vision. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. You put me here, so now you've got to come through, right? Yeah, you've got to come yeah. through on this. And there's not a day that goes by that I don't pray, hey, God, this is your thing. This is your house. I'm just wanting to do my best. You come. You've got to come in and do what only you can do. That's great. Because yeah. I can't do this in my own strength. Yeah. And I think this is something that you live because I know that being part of your team for many years, one thing that you do at the end of every year is you say to – the team, hey, we want you to lay everything down yeah. and pick up next year the things that you have conviction for. So it's not something that you talk about. Hey, you know, lay aside every weight. You know, that's fine. You don't have to do anything. Yeah. But to actually say to a staff and a team around the world, <laughs> you know, if, and I know a lot of our guys around the world do this, is actually we want you to lay everything down, whatever role you've got, and pick up what you have conviction for next year. That's a pretty bold thing to do because you could be left with no yeah. staff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. it is. But it comes back to if God's not building this, you know, it's not, it's not going to last. And I, I want a church that's built on conviction, not on obligation. And the danger is a lot of people can serve in church because they go, oh, oh man, if I don't do the kids, who will? 
who's going to serve and, and kids and it's almost like that whole notion is like uh, if I'm not here the kingdom of God's going to fall over <laughs> is this messiah sort of complex yeah eh? like, it, it's just like some things um, I've found if there's no conviction for it and there's nobody to do it it's better to let the thing die because I found that God works in dead situations pretty well <laughs> He has the ability to resurrect, bring resurrection into those places. But the danger is we're trying to uh, we're trying to keep something going. And um, you know, I'm always looking in in a team conf, uh, context is where there's too much strain. Like if I was to hold up something heavy right now, which I'm not, hold up after a while, I'm going to strain. <laughs> and you can't sustain strain for too long. You know, eventually things will your your arms will drop and and, you, and things will keel over. But wherever there's strain, in strain's all right because there's pressure. But wherever there's strain, it just means you need to train. Strength, the a good definition of strength is when you can carry something with ease. You know, if I was holding up something heavy and I was just no, not even if I wasn't sweating, just holding up, you know that there's strength. Uh, a highlight, well, a reveal of where there's limited strength is where there's strain. And there's nothing wrong with straining, but where there's strain, you need to train. That rhymes. Um, Catchy. <laughs> so that you can build strength in a team. But if there's strain, sustained strain, that's where it's dangerous. That's where, you know, eventually things are, are going to end up in a fall apart. Uh, yeah. yeah, fall apart and mm. end in a mess. And mm. so I often use that as a bit of a gauge. Mm. Sam, that's great. Some great examples of, of team and how just some good insights into how you lead, you know, team and vision. And I think that's, again, a great strength that you have within the context of, of Equipus Church. And, and again, like at Equipus Church, we always say, you know, significant ministry does flow from significant relationships. And again, if this has been helpful to you and you've got people in your world that need to hear this message around team, we want you to pass it on uh, to others. Otherwise, it's been fun today. Thanks so much, Sam, for that. And we'll see you again soon. Thanks for listening to Off Script with Sam Monk. If you found this podcast helpful, make sure you pass it on. We love your feedback, so drop us a line about what topics you'd like to hear about on Offscript with Sam Mike.